About 1.4 million adults identify as transgender in America. And what's it like to be transgender in America? We'll find out. And this is Chick to Chick. All right, so let's go back to that statistic um, that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. 1.4 million adults in America identify as transgender. Now, we are both very inquisitive by yes. nature, and we ask a lot of questions. And if we don't understand something, we ask some more questions. And we really wanted to have a better understanding of what does it mean to be transgender? What's going on in someone's brain, whether it's a male who's identifying as a female or a female identifying as a male, and we really wanted to find out. Exactly, so we're just gonna cut to the chase because we are going to ask someone who actually knows. So joining us today is Janelle Kayla Crossley. Janelle, we're so happy that you're with us today. Hi, thank you, I'm proud, happy to be here. So we wanna start off right off the bat. The question was, what is it like to be transgender in America? And you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I do know that. Um, I guess the easiest thing to do is to answer that question is to be trans in America, um, you're actually finally who you really are. Um, I was born male back in 1958 so that makes me an antique right now um, <laughs> which is which is okay um, so I lived in hiding for 50 years before I really transitioned and decided well I didn't even decide I had to um, live my life as my true self as female um, so that that not not that alone but the health risk that a trans person goes through um, as far as self-harm being very mean and being hurtful to other people and also um, suicide is another issue so being able to live your true self you know just as you have you know why you know what's, what's it like to be a cis person you know that's my question to people when they ask me what's it's like to be trans you know being trans is just me being like you like everybody else in America you know, it's just that we had that label. And as far as I'm concerned, labels belong on boxes and cans in a cupboard. So you said something. Um, you said you were born in 1958. Uh, you were born a male and you are now female. Um, when did you start having thoughts? You said you were born, you're a biological male. When did you start having thoughts and feeling like this isn't really who I am? Um, and how are you feeling about that? What did you think was going on in your brain? Um, I started having thoughts about that at age six. Hmm. I can remember as far back as age six that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was in the right body. Hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time with my female cousins, with my aunts, um, at, at family gatherings and things like that, where, because I didn't feel comfortable around the men. Um, I didn't like the male, I guess, persona, I guess I want to say, or the male stereotype of what a man's supposed to be. Um, Growing up, I tried to to curve that. I tried to get away from feeling or not feeling that way where, you know, I started to hunt. I started to fish. I started to work on cars. I got male friends, which I never had. My dad made me get male friends. And, you know, I didn't like it. But 
you know, those experiences at them early years actually made me understand who I really was and who I really wasn't. And did you have many friends or any family that you could turn to during that time? I mean, you know, born in 1958, that means that, um, geez, that's not a secrecy, serious secrecy. Um, So did you have anyone that you could turn to? No, I didn't have anybody. And I think the majority of the people in the community find that even today. Uh, People don't understand. They're afraid to come out to their families. They're afraid to come out to their friends. Um, They're afraid of losing everything they have. And trust me, we can lose everything we have. And that's one of the fears. Um, And being married, you know, I've been married now for 42 years, and my wife and I are still together. And after we got married in 1980, two months after that, I told her about me and about my feelings and who who I am. Um, she didn't, this is another story in itself, but she didn't accept that. Um, you know, she, she didn't want to see it. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to hear about it. So yeah, I mean, we didn't have anybody to come out to. There was no information about gender identity or transgender. In fact, transgender wasn't even a word back then. Um, you know, so it, it was very hard for us. And that's one thing we had to do. We had to live a double life. So I want to make sure I understand this. You were a biological male and you married your wife and then you came out to her and said you had these feelings and you you two are still married now. Yep. That's correct. correct. So you transitioned. And when did you decide to make the transition to transgender? And what was like the final thing that said, hey, you know what? I'm living a lie. I don't want to do this anymore. What was what was that tipping point for you? Um, the tipping point for that was, number one, I was always transgender, even though I didn't know what transgender was. Um, but the tipping point for me, the transition to my true self was um, when I turned 51, I attempted suicide. And my mother passed in 2006, and she never met Janelle. And when I attempted that suicide attempt, I heard I heard my mom's voice say, no, no, don't do it. Oh. And that's what saved me. If I didn't hear that voice today, I wouldn't I would not be here speaking with you right now. Um, you know, so at 51 years old, you know, attempted a suicide. Um, my wife is I got to credit my wife. She's the one that told me it's time for you to transition. I will call and make your appointment for the endocrinologist for your hormone replacement therapy and um you're on your way okay i'm just like i'm blown away right now by what you just said me too um we are both just unbelievably touched by what you just said and i'm so sorry that you had to go through that wow experience and and how lovely though that your wife was there right and is still there to support you through all of this because how many other spouses would have said hey i'm out of here uh, you know, this oh, is not what I yeah. signed up for. You know, I married a man and this is too much. And kudos to her that she has been by your side and you're supporting your rock through all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And, you know, the majority of marriages do not survive. The majority of relationships do not survive, whether it be a significant other or, you know, just friends, co-workers and things like that. They do not survive. Um 
it's getting more and more acceptable and um, supported now. Um, my wife and I both work with uh, families of people that are transitioning, and we did support, I mean, we did save quite a few marriages already. Um, you know, so, I mean, who else to learn it from than somebody that already went through it and that is going through it? Um, you know, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's becoming more and more popular that, you know, they do accept and support you. But on the other side of the coin, there's so, so, so many that do not. They, you know, it ends up in divorce. And for the trans person, that's really, really hard for them to go through. Um, you know, I can't speak for them because I didn't have to go through that. But um, from the people that I've seen that it happened to and friends of mine that I worked with that the marriage didn't work, you know, it's very hurtful. It's very sad. I can imagine. I mean, you're your same person, so to speak, in that you still love that person. I can't imagine how difficult that is. But I want to kind of move into now, since you were talking, kind of moving into the present. Um, you know, this is a conversation that so many are having. We're having it pretty regularly now um, when we talk about from sports to work to everywhere. And I, I mean, that is kind of the reason why Flora and I really wanted to talk with you and why we had so many questions. How do you see transgender in America now? How do you see it when it comes to some of the younger kids or um, even folks that are later in life um, coming out? How do you see it now? It's it's now 2022. Um, I see it much better than it was you know, even five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, but we still have a long way to go. We have no protections. We have no equality. We do not have the same rights as everybody else has. Um, you know, and everybody keeps saying, yeah, you have the same rights, you just don't know where they're at. No, you know, when it comes down to the point where you go in and apply for a mortgage and you're denied a mortgage just because of who you are, or you go in to buy a car and you are denied the purchase of a car just because of who you are, just like the LGBT people that the gay and lesbians that go out and want to get married and they want a cake and they're denied get denied a cake just because of who they are. You know, we're people. We're the same kind same as anybody else. We walk the walk the same earth, we breathe the same air. You know, we're human beings. You know, we need to get away from them stereotypes and we need to get away from them labels. Um, and and just live as a human society together. You know, respect each other for who you are, not what you are. You said something that you were having these thoughts uh, when you were six years old. Um, and we actually know uh, a, a child who, uh, she was very young mm -hmm. and she was a little girl and you could tell um, that there was something going on because she dressed like a boy, she gravitated towards boy things. And a lot of people just wrote it off as, oh, she's just being a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And in fact, she was in fact identifying as a male and made the transition to a male. And she did that at a young age. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before. You know, you said that you made that transition when you were 51. And biologically, your brain is not developed until you're 25 years old. Do you think that we should be allowing six-year-olds or eight-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 15-year-olds, um, should we be giving them permission, allowing them to make the change to become transgender at such a young age when their brains are not fully developed? 
Absolutely. Um, everybody should have the opportunity to be who they are. Um, if you feel that, you know, you're, you're drawn more to the feminine side, so be it. You know, that's you. Um, and as far as allowing somebody to be who they are, there's no person in this world that can actually allow another human being to be who they are. There's nobody that sits high enough to look down on another individual anywhere. There's nobody in the world that's, that sits high enough to do that. Um, you know, as far as your child, your child needs to, your child's going to experiment. You know, your child is growing. Your child is going, once you hit 11, 12 years old, they're starting to go through puberty. Puberty, your hormones are going wild. You know, first, you may like, you know, guys. You may like girls. You may like both. You know, your, your, your hormones are fighting each other. They're going all over the place. And this is one thing that people don't really understand. Um, you know, once you put a child on puberty blockers, you know, you're locking them. You're kind of locked. You're blocking that puberty from happening and giving that child the opportunity to um, experiment and live the, as the person they're they're, they're identifying as. But if their brain isn't fully developed yet, and, and kids go through phases, yeah. you know, sometimes they, uh, you know, are into one thing, and then sometimes they get into punk rock, and sometimes they're into something else, and this might just be a phase for them, and they don't really understand what's going on, that their brain is not, you know, like you said, you waited until you were 51. Um, I think also, is there um, hmm, is there a way in which the child can sort of understand and um, be assimilating into what they want to be at that time, sort of learn more about if that's where they need to be than fully, you know, becoming transgender? Do you see what I mean? Like, I think some of the concern from other parents might just be, how do they really know that this is what is going to be their lifetime placement in life, how they feel. I, that's what I think we don't understand. Yeah, the one thing I can say is that not one person feels that they're trans. You're either are or you're not. Mm, I get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I get asked the questions a lot of times. Why did you choose to be transgender? I didn't choose it. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. I was born this way. Um, why did you choose to be a cis person? You know, why did you choose to be who you are? Mm -hmm. You know, and I can't get an answer from anybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if I back up a little bit, um, we are trans before we are even born. We are trans in the womb of your mother. What happens is earlier, early on in the pregnancy, I forget where it's at, but the part of the brain called the utero is actually what develops who you are. And that part of the brain actually develops who we are, even you, um, even everybody listening, before any of the genitals are being formed. So talking about the brain, yeah. I mean, the brain is a very phenomenal part of the human body. And nobody's ever, ever, ever going to understand that. And that's where they are stuck right now. They have that information about the utero part of the brain, but why it happens, nobody knows, and nobody's going to probably ever know. Um, born um, as a female, and I've continued to identify as a female, 
and I have, you know, worked hard to get where I am, and I'm just using me as a small snippet. But what I think some of us as born female and continue to identify as female is when we don't always agree with um, if there's a transgender woman who either does better physically with a sport or does better in a career, and then they get the accolade of best woman or first woman. If we feel like, well, wait a minute, I, I am a biological woman and I shouldn't that be something that should be reserved for the biological woman? I, I'm wondering what your take is on that. And most importantly, Janelle, if you can appreciate where a biological woman might feel like that's just a little too much for someone without them appearing to be a bigot or someone who doesn't understand or doesn't care. Um, can, I, I'm sort of loading in a few questions there, but um, the understanding would be, do you see the flip side of it, how some women can not feel great about some of the things that are going on with trans women? Especially the issue too, dealing with kids and sports and these young girls uh, playing field hockey and lacrosse or and whatnot, swimming, or that swimming, has been a big soccer, deal. Um, and a transgender female comes on the team and outperforms them because um, their bodies are just, they've already formed into, you know, a, a bigger framed, you know, man, young man. So I, what is your take on all of that? Okay. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking you to unpack a <laughs> she was like this. huge suitcase. There was a whole lot going on there. Now, I mean, I understand the feelings of, of cis women. I understand the feelings of cis men. Um, but what What's happening is those cis women and those cis men do not understand us. Okay. Do, do, they do not understand that. I mean, I transitioned at 51 years old. I went through hormone therapy treatment, which I, I will do until the end of my life. Every month, you know, every week you take the hormones. Um, I used to be a bodybuilder when I was young. I was huge. Right now, I'd be lucky if I can fight my way out of the paper bag. <laughs> um, no, ser seriously. Um, if, if a child goes on hormone replacement therapy, they lose 13%, at least 13% of their testosterone within the first year. This is why the NCAA and the Olympic Committee have those rules where you have to be on hormone replacement therapy for one year before you compete. And you have to have the documentation from your therapist, from psychologists, from psychiatrists, and your doctors of your progress. That has to be there. Um, the kids in school, you mentioned about, you know, that some of the, some of the uh, trans females are bigger in, in body build. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, some of them are, but that doesn't mean they're any stronger. That doesn't mean they have any more um, edge on competition because I know a lot of people that would uh, fail if they were in competition. And I'm one of those. You know, I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, I can hold my own if I need to, but you put me in competition, you know, you put me out there with uh, wrestling or you put me out there with uh, swimming or anything like that, forget it. It's not going to happen. Um, 
you know, and I think the majority, the majority of the trans women out there, you know, are, are in that category. And it's funny you brought this up because right now, Pennsylvania has a piece of legislation out there called HB 972 bill, and it's the um, Fairness in Women's Sports Act. I and another person, dear friend of mine, we co-founded the PA Coalition for Trans Youth. And the PA Coalition for Trans Youth is fighting this bill. We will defeat it. We will beat it. We will not let it happen. We do appreciate everything that you've provided to us. And again, you know, it, there's a lot more that can be talked about, but we appreciate everything that you um, provided to us today. Thank you, Janelle. Good. Thank yep, you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Again, learned a lot today, right? Yes. We're both, we ask questions. Doesn't mean we're judging. We want information. We want to learn. Um, we want to educate our viewers and our listeners right. as well, because I'm sure a lot of people want to know, what's it like? And Janelle just gave us a look at what it's like to be trans transgender in America. Exactly. And so we appreciate her. We appreciate you for being with us until we are back to chirp about another topic. Thank you.